Well, beloved, it's a pleasure and an honor to to be here. My my name is uh, Rich Perales. I'm a missionary in, in South Sioux City, Nebraska, serving with the Gospel Outreach Mission. And it's been a, a number of years since we've been here. In fact, um, I recall my daughter, who's 21, must have been four years old uh, the last time we're here. And, and uh, it is just a a privilege and an honor to be here and to to serve the Lord and to to uh, get to know your you guys uh, once again. Uh, if, if if possible, um, if you can, let's let's stand for the reading of the word. I'm going to read Psalm 34 and I'm going to read down to verse 11. Beloved. Now hear God speak to us through His Holy Word. I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Oh, fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear Him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that You would make manifest what You speak or ought to speak. To let it be seasoned with grace and buy back the time and redeem it for You for the days in which we live in. Come. Come, King of kings and Lord of lords. Come. As we are reminded that You are the most important person in this room. And Lord, we are praying that the King of kings and Lord of lords would come and feed His people. For we are a people that need to be fed by You. We are a people that need to express our love for You. We are a people that need to hunger and thirst for You, O God. And may we show it now by having an attitude of wanting to hear and wanting to do Your precious Word. Be magnified, glorified, and exalted for Yours is the glory both now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, beloved, it was interesting that um, I was asked to do uh, um, Psalm 34. And um, it's just a, a, a wonderful psalm. And it's a, an acrostic poem that means that each verse begins with a, with a letter in the Hebrew alphabet in consecutive order. And this is, by and large, the, the lay of the land until the last verse. And it is also considered a, a wisdom poem. And so, as a wisdom poem, the, the Lord wants to teach us something and, and, to, and to know something. And uh, when we look at Psalm 34, we'll realize that what God is really trying to teach is that 
only broken people will fear God and only broken people will see God's goodness and understand Him. Now when you look at the psalm, you, you might not understand how that can come about until you realize the, the historical significance of what's happening here. Because Psalm 34 has the backdrop of 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 10-13. through 13. In fact, in the beginning of the psalm, there's a little note there that gives us insight. And, and it says of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, so that he drove him out and he went away. What was happening? Psalm 21. David is fleeing for his life. And he begins, or he goes to a city in, called Gath, which is very interesting because it's a Philistine city. Now you may know it because it was the home of Goliath. Now, I, I want you to think about this for a second. David, the mighty warrior, the, 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 the man that will be seen as the man of God who has a heart after God, and this, this mighty warrior, he understands that, that Saul is God's king, appointed king, but he is responding in fear and terror, and he's taking the situation into his own hands. And so he goes to the enemy for refuge. It probably wasn't one of David's most stellar moments. It wasn't one of those things where you're going, wow, this guy really trusted God. No, this man was a man who sinfully reacted to the divine providence that the Lord has brought upon him. And he feared and he went to a Philistine city seeking refuge. And what happens there is they recognize David and they begin to understand that David's this mighty warrior and the king. And he's called in 1 Samuel Achish and Abimelech here. It's, it's the same person. And uh, they begin to realize this is David. And, and David's all of a sudden he had an aha moment. It's going, they're going to kill me. And then David is terrified again, and so he begins to act crazy. You, you know, he acts like a madman, the, the dribble coming down, and you think this guy is, is just Looney Tunes, and then the king Achish says, uh, you know what, let's just get rid of this guy, and I want nothing to do with him. And so David is again fleeing for his life, like a dog with his tail between his legs, and he goes to a Canaanite cave in Adullam. And there he wrote this psalm. It was probably one of the saddest and lowest points of David's life. Sometimes. God has to break you so that you will fear Him and so that you will understand Him and see His goodness. 
It is funny, in the midst of the valley, and, and sometimes God will bring you down to the lowest point of your life, and, and He seems to bring you down to the, to the deepest valley, and he, and he throws you on your back, because when you're on your back, all you can do is look up. And all along, God is getting your attention to say, look at me. Know me. You see, when we take matters in our own hand, we become self-reliant. Sometimes we have pride. Sometimes we think that we're better than what we are. And God removes those boundaries to remind us there is only one God. There is only one Sovereign. And the plan for your life does not revolve around you. It revolves around Him. And at that moment, you begin to see the glory and wonder of God. Sometimes God has to break you so that you will fear Him. So that you can understand Him. Here it is. David is still in the cave and, and all of a sudden he has this change of attitude. In the first two verses, he, he has this, uh, this um, um, personal proclamation and, and, and call to praise. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. And you understand all of a sudden, David is still in the cave. Nothing has fundamentally changed, but what has changed was David's attitude, David's disposition. And he begins to praise God. And he's praising God not as a proud man, but as a broken and humble man. And he understands that God God is worthy. You know, trials and circumstances and battles that come before you, they are great identifiers of where your true heart is. Your true priority is. It's one thing to say, I will give God all the glory when things are going well. But will you still glorify Him when He reveals you are nothing? And He is everything. David now no longer boasts. It's not in himself, but he boasts in God. Praising Him. Exalting Him. Let the humble hear. Let the humble be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. And then he implores the whole people of God to say, um, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. What happened? David was thrown on his back. So that he might see the, the great grandeur and, and awesomeness of God. 
And it's only when you are broken that you can truly understand God's commitment. It is those times that we understand that God has heard and answered our prayers all along. He, he says, uh, um, he, he says, I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. And what is it? David learned something that God has a plan for his life. And that plan is, in a, it is not the way that David originally understood it because he thought that God, you need to do this for me. He didn't realize that he was there to serve Him. God's plan always includes me, but it is never centered on me. It's centered on His glory. And he began to realize that God has always answered his prayers. The prayer was according to His will. Not mine. God was always there. He's committed to His people. And David is in that cave and he's feeling sheepish. Because he went to the enemy and he realized, I was never alone. I didn't trust Him. I know He heard me. His fear and His gloom turned to radiant and a trust and a confidence in God because he knew God was always committed to his people. We understand now what God has and will do. He will deliver us from all our fears. And he said, uh, the key then again is this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his trouble. It wasn't until that he was broken and, and contrite. And, and what does it mean to be broken? Broken literally is being spiritually bankrupt. All my pride. All my self-reliance. All my ingenuity, all these things that I valued of that I can do, and, and me, 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 that this was nothing. I, I realized, I, you know, they, they sung, David is probably thinking, they sung songs about me. But it wasn't until I realized that this poor man cried out. Sometimes God has to break you so that you may see His grandeur and His glory, that you may understand who He is and His goodness, and that's a good thing. Can, 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 you, can you relate? Here I am. I'm a missionary pastor. I have dedicated my life to serving God. To, to live by faith and uh, and uh, and and even as missionaries you, you know life does not turn out the way you plan or uh, expect it a few years ago uh, um, we've had numerous family members pass away I've officiated two suicides On my wife's side of the family, 
And two years ago, the my daughter, who's 21, was diagnosed with Dannon's disease, and there's no cure for it. It affects and attacks the heart, and, and uh, she is the only per living person with this exact strand. And uh, we go to the Mayo Clinic uh, uh, quite often, and um, and right now the average life expectancy of a of a person w with that disease is in their twenties. My daughter's twenty-one. God is bringing us through the trials and through the midst just like He has anybody else who's going through the, the storms of life because my situation is, is no different than many other people's situation. It is the same situation that the people of God have encountered throughout time and throughout ages. Sometimes God throws you on your back so that you may look up and that you may understand His glory. And understand where you fit in all these things. And it wasn't until this time that, that David realized that this poor man, and all of a sudden, as he's crying out and seeing his brokenness and emptiness and worthlessness, as he's looking up to God, an amazing transformation happened. He becomes radiant and he understands that I lack nothing. God has provided it. He delivers us from all our fears. What does that mean? David is still in the cave. David still has to fulfill God's plan for his life. What God has said, not what he wants. The church at Smyrna in the book of Revelation that was seen as the martyred church. And... Jesus says, you know, you need to be faithful unto death, and, and then those are the ones that will receive the promise. And uh, he, he, he's reminding the church at Smyrna that, that you, you know, that you're going to suffer. And, and what he doesn't say is, you're, you're going to be, he didn't say you're going to be delivered from the suffering. He, he didn't say that, that this wasn't going to happen to you. In fact, he, he declared it, he ordained it, and this will be the plight of your life. And he says these words to them. Do not be afraid. You know, when it says that God delivers us from all our fears, what is He doing? He's giving us the ability not to be afraid. David was afraid. He fled Saul. He went to a Philistine city to seek refuge. He fled there for his life. He's in the cave. And he realizes that God has always been there. Don't be afraid. Don't you get it, beloved? It's only when we're broken that we'll begin to fear God. 
and follow Him. You see, He commands the people now that He has this aha moment and He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Oh, fear the Lord, you saints. Those who fear Him have no lack. You know, as young lions want and suffer and hunger and they go out and they try to get prey and they hunger, he says, you, you know what? Uh, those who fear the Lord lack no good thing. You have everything. David realized that theological principle and biblical principle that when he is poor, that is when he is rich. He's rich. What, 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 what do I say to my daughter? I, I'm honest with you. That, that's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to, to, to go through in my life. I only found peace in the glory of God. You see, if life was centered on me, it's messed up. It doesn't satisfy. Because I want something different. But when it is centered on God, I begin to realize even though the storm has come, we're okay. I lack nothing. It is this picture, and you see it, and you wonder what is happening. You know, David, prior to that, go back, back up a little bit. He says, The angel of the Lord encamps those who fear him. What, what, what is the angel of the Lord? The, the angel of the Lord, uh, uh, most theologians and, and biblical scholars have come to understand that that's the pre-incarnate Christ. And, and it's sort of like in, in the, when Joshua before Jericho, uh, he says uh, that Jesus is saying to him, when he manifests himself, he says, I am the commander of the army, the Lord now have come. I am here. I'm going to fight the battle. The battle of Jericho was a miracle. And you realize you never walk alone. David's in the cave and he had to be thrown on his back to realize, you know, I fled Saul. I went to the Philistine city. And all along, my God was guarding and encamped around me. Protecting His people. Hearing His people's cries. And He delivers them from their fears. Again, that fear, delivering from the fear, is for you to what? Walk through the fire. Trust me. It's for my glory. See, that's so different from the health and wealth, prosperity gospel. 
It is so different from the way we normally pray, the, the, the way we go about things, because what do we do? We're trying to, trying to play. We pray in such a way that we think that God is our, our cosmic bellhop, and we're telling Him what to do and, and what we want and, and what we need. And, and God all along is saying, sometimes I need you to be quiet. And He throws us on our back and says, you need to look who you are. I am God. You are not. You listen. I talk. Follow me. Trust me. And then you realize this sovereign God has broken you down to nothing so that you may find yourself complete in Him. I have everything. I have God. You know, beloved, when you look at David, you you see that he's a man after God's own heart because he had a real relationship with God. He grew with God and he understood what God was was seeking of him. and, And, well, Isaiah describes the type of person that God is is looking for. Isaiah 66 says, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you build for me? What is the place of my rest? All these things my hand is made and so these things I came to be, declares the Lord. But this one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. The greatest revelation and hope that I have is in the character and nature of God. I believe that the Lord is delivering us from our fears so that we may trust in Him. Your life may never change. Your health may never get better. You think there's a light at the end of the tunnel and sometimes you realize it's a freight train coming at you. But what makes Christianity different is that a real God has a real plan and He reminds you the plan is around Him. And He whispers in your ear, I am here. I have never left. I have heard your cry. I've answered your prayers. Exalt me. That's what God wants. And, and, and even in, 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 in our psalm, in, in verse 18, the Lord is near the brokenhearted and, and save the, the crushed in spirit. And then when you trust and obey, when experience and knowledge meet in the proper mode 
then you can say, I want you to taste and to see the goodness of God. Sometimes there's no joy in God because there has never been a full surrender of self. There is never a peace in God because you have never relinquished self. And God, in His infinite wisdom and and mercy, He loves us enough to throw us on our backs, to make us look up, so that we will say, You. And understand Him. To praise Him. And to glorify Him. And in that moment we realize, I lack nothing. David's still in the cave. And he's declaring, I have everything. Because God is here. Can I share one thing in closing? This is what's preparing us for glory. Because glory is all about Jesus Christ. He is the prize. He is the reward. He is what our soul longed for. He, he is what we need. And, uh, and when David is on his knees and he's crying out, I have lacked nothing. God is encompassing, is encamped around me. And God is with me. He's realizing this is whom I long for. This is whom I need. This is my focus, my desire, my heart. He is my goal in my life. I have everything for Him. And so when I go to that valley, when I see that that danger and that death before me? I remind myself, I remind my daughter the goal is Christ. Though you may only live 20-something years, right now, you have everything. He has broken you so that you may understand Him. Glory to God. This is our God. Taste and see the goodness of God. There is none like Him. He has never left you. You just needed an attitude adjustment and a change. Amen? You know what? This is interesting. The way of sanctification It's the same for us all. You have storms. I have storms. And the way we get out of the funk 
is the same for us all. Amen? Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Until you're broken, you'll never fear Him. It is only then that you will understand Him. God is good. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this time and privilege it is to come and to worship You. Lord, there is none like You. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords and the great I Am. And we thank You. Lord, may we find confidence and resolve ourselves to understand that You break us because You love us so that we might fear You and understand You. Lord, when we think of Psalm 34, we are humbled to know David is still in the cave. And he understands. Glory to you, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.